What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, TV host by day, Healthy is Hot founder by night, and health and life coach in between. Also, I'm a big fan of sweatpants and a nice glass of red wine. And from hashtag to movement, we here at Healthy is Hot believing that loving all sides of you is what is healthy, and let's be real, healthy is hot. In this podcast, we invite you to join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals who are living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part, how health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, just a heads up, we don't really hold back, so there might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed here, you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. I hope you're ready to be inspired, straight up, because this conversation is one of my favorite. It is with Dr. Bryant, a multi faceted woman, an acclaimed psychology expert, a life coach, president and founder of an NAACP branch, motivational speaker, an author. She's got her very own health and wellness institute called the Dr. Bryant Institute. She really is just a guru on everything you should know about manifesting your life goals and bringing it into fruition. She is incredibly focused about mental health. Her mission is to inform communities about mental health with her expertise, and to lead a successful, healthier, and happier balanced life. Sign me up to all of it. In addition to all of this, she serves her community every single day as an advocate for mental health and social justice. I'm so grateful to have had this chat. Let's get into it with Dr. Bryant. You know, I always say that um, there's so much power in asking for help. And there's so much power in not only asking, but receiving the help. You know, oftentimes uh, we get stuck in our own room um, and it gets dark. And then when it's time to find the light switch, turn it on, we're fumbling through uh, the darkness, you know, bumping into dressers and everything else that's in the room. And that often leads to what? Just more bruising, right? More pain, trying to get to the light switch. Um, Instead of just saying, hey, you know, it's dark in here, I need help. Um, And I just, right now I can't do it on my own. The light switch comes on a lot quicker. Um, you are all of a sudden empowered because you, you know that you're not alone. You're also able to vent um, and get the, that stuff, the weight out of you. You know, suppression um, results in depression. And so as long as we are in the dark, suppressing and alone, um, it's called isolation. And isolation is really a sickness. Solitude is something that we go into uh, willingly so that we can align ourselves and gain uh, clarity and a peace of mind. I call it God's peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, Isolation is something that we do because uh, we are going inward to hide from uh, ourself Uh, because everything we experience, uh, everything's a moving part of who we are. And the epitome of unconditional love and before we can give it to others is loving every single moving part about ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, that includes our pain pockets and nurturing those and saying what you said earlier on, Chloe, that, you know, right now I'm not okay. And it really is okay to not be okay because not being okay is a part of the process. You cannot get through the process 
to produce anything if you're not willing to at least feel out of alignment, feel not okay in the midst of it. It just doesn't happen like that. Oh, but it's uncomfortable sometimes okay. allowing yourself to feel the pain, to feel the trauma, to see the trauma, to accept that, yes, you are sitting in a dark room and maybe you can't reach the light switch. It's scary, Dr. Bryant, and it takes, sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom to face all the hurt and the pain that might be inside us. Sometimes it takes someone, you know, that we love calling us out. Sometimes it takes working with a life coach, but that first step I think is, is really challenging for a lot of people. So for anyone listening who maybe feels like they are living and breathing in that dark room and they so desperately want to get to the light switch, you know, where can we start? Absolutely. You know, the thing is um, prevention is always always more effective than intervention. Sometimes and oftentimes when we attempt to intervene, it's too late. Doesn't mean that things can't be fixed or can't be processed through, but it's so far down the, rock, the rabbit hole that just to get to the stairways, you got a lot of work to do versus prevention allows us to get to the rabbit hole, look down and go, mm-mm, you know what, we'll make a better choice. And so with that being said, at the very, very, very first sign of feeling sad, of feeling loss of, loss of appetite, loss of uh, sexual interest, I mean, a loss of, of, of you know, your normal daily routine of things that you like to do, i.e. read a book or bike ride or exercise or hang out with your friends or do happy hour, the first sign of you feeling those things losing interest or, or, or emptiness or darkness, anything that has to do with sadness, that first sign, you, you ask for help. Now, what is asking for help? Because see, a lot of professionals throw around, ask for help, ask for help, right? Call in a professional, get professional help. But a lot of folks, believe it or not, they don't know what that looks like. When you have been used to bear crawling and processing and getting through things from a space of loneliness or no support, you don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. You can't tell someone just to do that. You have to give them the how-to. So what is asking for help? That's calling a friend and saying, hey, I'm having one of those moments. I'm feeling like I'm going to have a breakdown. I'm feeling extremely sad. Uh, calling someone and saying, can you guide me to a professional? Do you know someone who can help me? Google life coach, Google therapist in my area. Call them and say, hey, do you offer free consultations? Because sometimes that 15, 20 minute of a free consultation, honestly, is the only prevention that you need. Mm. And then, you know, lastly, make sure that you are on a daily basis, make it a lifestyle to stay engaged with people who celebrate you, who empower you and who you do the same with as well. Even if it's just as easy as having a text accountability partner. What is that? Uh, me and many of my friends do it where um, my, one of my really good friends, Jerry, he does it every day. He texts me affirmations and it's like, you know, I love myself and all these really fun stuff. And I always text back and say, Jerry, I really love these affirmations. Because even if I'm having an amazing day, it reminds me of how much more my amazing day can get. And he, it, it, I'm receiving love from him and I'm able to text back with love. And so I have the saying, what God moves through you, God gives to you. And so we want to be very mindful of what we are choosing to move through ourselves because we get to keep that good or bad. And so what that means is as we move, I need help. And we move, I'm receiving help through us. Guess what we get to keep? the help that we need, the support that we need, and the empowerment it takes to continue to maintain a healthy life and a healthy mindset. And lastly, I just wanna say, 
folks make things way more harder than they are. Does it feel dark? Yes. Does it feel deep? Yes. But if you begin to magnify that it's so dark and it's so hard, all you do is deepen that empty, dark feeling. You have to remind yourself that it didn't take, you know, you, you didn't take a day for you to get in there. So it may take you a little longer than a day to get out but it's not as hard as we make it in our minds. And we can manifest things a lot quicker if we simply say, you know what? This is simple if I ask for help. This can be simple if I allow someone in my space who can help me process this through. And I have to say, Chloe, you know, friends and family, don't get me wrong, they are phenomenal. And they're definitely folks that we need and they can help us along the way, but they're not skilled, they're not professionals, and they can and often do cause more impairment. It is best that we, you, you know, we, you, us reach out. I'm a professional, I'm a psychology expert, and I have a therapist. I have a life coach because I have to have wise counsel to counsel me because they are skilled and they've been doing this and they can help me and not cause more impairment. So my thing is reach out to family and friends as a lifestyle, but also have a, a psychology expert, therapist, life coach in place that you see weekly, bi-weekly, or at the minimum once a month who can keep you in place, keep you empowered and keep you in alignment with what you want to feel like and what you want to attain as far as goals, two different things. So much power in what you shared. Two things really stood out. One is that prevention seems to be this kind of guiding light that you are holding proudly over your head and trying to get people to to listen to which i think is really powerful because i think medicine and just you know modern society we're all about intervening when things get tough we've got we've got a pill for that we've got a plan for that we got you when it gets going when it gets tough but imagine we lived in a place where talking about mental health with something we talked about on a daily basis, like going to the dentist, you know, we go to the dentist because we want good dental hygiene. We don't always go only when there's a cavity, but our mental health is often something that we are reactive to. But what you're encouraging is for people to be proactive and check in on themselves on a daily basis to see when those fluctuations happen. And if you start to dip, then you lean on your community, you lean on your health professionals. Um, and I think that kind of takes back the power to yourself because you're saying, all right, you're gonna feel feelings, things, can, things are gonna happen, life might get tough, but like you're in the driver's seat. So put on your seatbelt and let's get going. It's not to say the road's not gonna get bumpy, but if you can have the awareness to know when the dips happen and remember that much further, like you said, life is going to, you know, it's going to come with an array of things. So I always tell my clients, I say, listen, and when I speak, I tell the truth about life. Life is meant to have ups and downs because life is here to provide us with balance. We can't mm -hmm. have balance without polarity. Polarity is good and bad, black and white, up and down. And you want to try to stay in the middle of that balance. So the number one thing that folks can do to allow life to do what it's meant to do, which is be a roller coaster and create that balance through contracts, things we don't like, is really our best friend, although we don't like it, is don't personalize life. Let life do what life is supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. We all have one job, Chloe, and that one job is to stay extremely as happy as we freaking can. Our job is to be happy. And if you stay happy and do that one job, everything else around you 
begins to calibrate to that happiness and you repair organically everything that's not in alignment with happy. So when you're happy, your, your receiving vessels are wide open and my arms are wide open for everyone who can't see me. When you're not in a happy space, then your receiving vessels are very, very closed in. And so if you're praying and asking for a blessing that's gigantic, right? And you're not in your vortex, a happy place, guess what? Your blessing is too big for the opening you're allowing for it to get in. Mm -hmm. And so one thing is to be happy. And folks say, well, how do you stay happy if you have all these issues? What do you do? That means you turn to only the things and the people that empower you and make you feel happy and not just think happy because thoughts are there to think like life is there to create balance. So thoughts are going to do what it does. It thinks. It doesn't think bad. It doesn't think good. It just thinks. We grab onto thoughts that are there and we magnify the ones we happen to cling to sometimes, most of the time subconsciously and we magnify whatever it is. Self-awareness is being aware of, I'm not my thoughts. So thoughts are going to think. Let me be aware of the ones that I grab onto and I magnify so that I can have that experience. Because what's going to happen is you begin to embody, feel the thoughts that you cling to. And so the only thing we all care about are our feelings. We don't really care about our thoughts because our thoughts can come and go. We only care about them when they create a feeling that doesn't feel right. But if we have self-awareness, awareness of I have all these beautiful thoughts and because God loves me so much, I'm able to choose which ones I want, free will, let me choose the good one. Let me choose the blessing so that I can feel amazing and then I can calibrate amazing and my receiving vessels are wide open. And that is the epitome of alignment and agreement and manifestation because manifestation happens at the point of agreement. Mm. Right here, at the point of agreement. So this is whether you're agreeing with good or bad thoughts, it fires off. So awareness is the most important thing to have. And the epitome of self-love is self-care. The epitome of self-love is self-care, which means what? I have to be able to create boundaries around what makes me happy. I got to be able to create things of discipline for me to do things that maintain my happy. I have to do things that make me feel free and liberated and loved all the time. Because when I'm in that space, I'm calibrating. See, we're not seeking or finding anything. We are calibrating and attracting baby all day long. And so as I calibrate like this really mm -hmm. fast, everything sticks, 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 sticks. Everything that sticks to me is a direct representation of who I am, what I'm feeling and what I'm embodying. And not all of what I'm thinking, but the thoughts that I'm choosing to cling to. So when people say, how do I feel good? Use your self-awareness, be responsive, not reactive, reactive, sit in seat of self and watch your thoughts and say, hmm, I want that thought. And like me, Dr. Ryan, I'm almost always choosing the funny thoughts. I love to laugh. It does something, <laughs> right? So I'm always choosing the goofy thoughts. I'm always choosing the funny ones. I'm always choosing the really uplifting, childlike, free thoughts. And I'm always in this really fluffy space and blessings just pour in all day long. And then I get tickled by every blessing that comes in because I'm experiencing my manifestation at the fullest capacity. And it's, it's magical. It's, it's completely magical. And so people can really have, Chloe, heaven on earth because I have it. Are my days perfect? Heck no. But guess what? I wouldn't want perfect days 
because my contrast in my days make me more grateful for my 90 something percent of my heaven on earth experience. It makes me say, God, thank you. Thank you. Like you're, you're showing me your bigness every day. And so the little bit of contrast, I surrender to it and I let in. And I love how you said we're in the driver's seat because that is such a great analogy and entryway for what I tell people is you want to be in the car and you want to have your pillow and you want to have your blanket and you want to lay out anywhere you want to in your RV or in your car, whatever magical car you have, but don't drive it because when we drive it, stick with me, Koi, when we drive it, we create resistance because if we're driving and we make a left turn and what we prayed for takes a right turn, we are now taking control, resistance, and putting ourselves into the wrong direction in our own way, prolonging what we pray for. And then if you're like me, you get mad. You're like, what's taking so long? Because I'm used to my God delivering at a fast pace. And I said, you know what? You know what, Cheyenne? You got in the driver's seat and you start to take control when your job, one job is what, Chloe? To be happy yep. and get out of God's way. You be happy and you say, I want this. I would love this. And you get your pillow and your blanket and <laughs> you go for the ride. Go for the ride because that is what surrender is. That is what trust yeah. is. That is what faith of a mustard seed is. Believe, I am, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And if you know that, you get your pillow, your blanket, and you say, God, where are we going today? Where would you have me go? Who will you have me see? And where will you have me lay? And then you let it unfold because his deliverance will always be bigger than yours. Yeah. You know, your basement prayers and, and, and ideas are God's pit house blessings. And if we keep driving, we end up in the basement because we can only drive ourselves, Chloe, to what we know and what we've seen. Only God can take us and ascend us to the unknown, right? The uncertainty and to the bigger blessing. And we can only get there by saying, you know what? I surrender. I surrender. I trust you. And that's no resistance because oftentimes when we want something really bad, come on, God, please bring it. God, please come on. That's resistance. We're telling the universe it's not here. So that's why we have to say, please come on because we feel the lack of it. And if I feel the lack of it, what am I magnifying? Lack. Yeah. And you, it gets tricky. It gets tricky because, because people are really doing They're, they're intentionally doing it right. They really are. I'm telling you, I meet hundreds of people. I mean, so many people I speak to virtually and in person before the pandemic, I promise you their heart is in the right place. They're really in their mind. They're doing it right. But they're like, come on. And this is resistance. And guess what? The universe is going black. Okay. Give you more. But if you say, you know what? I want this beautiful career, this beautiful mansion, this beautiful marriage. And I know it's coming. So I'm going to go plant some other blessings, some other harvest in my garden over here. And then you're letting me know when that thing starts growing. Before you know it, you turn, you're like, holy moly. You're jumping for joy. You're like, oh my God. And, and that, so I always say that we should be to- doing two things every day. Besides our one job to be happy. There's only two actions we should be taking. Planting and receiving. That's all you plant your harvest. And if you're not planting, it's only because you looked up and you're receiving. Yeah. The only time that you're planting is because you're done looking up receiving and you're planting some more. But the whole time you're doing it, you're happy. So you're calibrating 
and planting, projecting your happy into those seeds and into that soil. And that's where the magic happens. That's what miracles are. Miracles is a shift in perception. I see it different. Wow. Because I receive at the level of my sight. And so I want everyone to know if it hasn't came yet, if it hasn't came yet, I promise you it's only because there's something in you called resistance that's blocking it. There is a such thing as wanting it too bad. You got to want it and then go into neutral. That means you're not in drive. You're not in reverse. I hear the value in what you're saying. And I almost hear the liberation as well that you must experience when you do allow yourself to surrender, to plant the seeds and occasionally look up instead of feeling like you need to be plowing the land and doing all of this stuff. Absolutely. And it is scary. And the way that you gain your faith muscle is by doing the work. And so just like working out, right? You gain your muscle by lifting weights every day and your muscle gets bigger and then your waist gets thinner and you're excited. You put on this cute dress or this nice <laughs> suit and everything looks good, right? So same thing with your faith muscle. You get in the car, you get your pillow, get your, your, your blanket and you lay and you allow God to take you places. And when he takes you places, then you measure if these places are mind blowing, which they are going to be. And when they become mind blowing, then you allow yourself by self-talk and remind yourself, wait a minute, I'm asking the same God, the same universe that delivered the last thing. I'm asking the same resource. So I'm, excuse me, the same source for resources. So if that source is constantly delivering, why would I disrespect it by doubting that it would deliver again? That is my number one self-talk. If I ever go in doubt, I say, hold on, hold on, hold on. I I literally check myself really hard. Hold on. So the God that brought you out of the inner city into a beautiful 24,000 square foot lot home is the same God that you're asking for. And you have the nerve to doubt get your pillow, get your blanket and shut up. That's what I tell myself, myself. (laughs) And then I go, okay. And then it comes. And if it's taking too long, I say, what else is taking long that has delivered a few things. So is it coming? 100%. Just like Amazon. There's some things that Amazon prime delivers next day. (laughs) There's some things that says two or three days. You know that because sometimes some things that I, I, I order online, I'm going, dang, this is the one I want to come same day. But I have to wait two, three days, but it always arrives at some point. And when it comes, I'm grateful for its arrival. So exercise your faith muscle and remember that the universe mirrors exactly who you are. And so all you're doing is experiencing yourself. If you don't like the experience, shift up you. Mm -hmm. And that's me trying to change you, Chloe, for my experience. Let me shift me up. And I always say, when you, you know, whatever you want, at the party, bring it. Like I always bring a bottle of wine because I'm a wine drinker. So I don't get to the party and say, is there wine? And then go, I just bring wine. So if there is some, I add to it. If there's not, I can pop my own bottle of wine and I'm happy. You want happiness, bring it to the party. Whatever's missing from the relationship is what you're not giving. You want more love, bring the love. You want more affection, bring the affection. That was, that is, and was one of the hardest things for me to accept was, if it's missing from the relationship, Dr. Bryant, you're not bringing it. I'm going, but well, he's not being affectionate, right? But he's not. And, uh, and then when I started to implement that at which I wasn't receiving, it filled the space of where it was missing. Wow. Everything tends to become yin yang. And now you cleave and you're no longer in gridlock because a relationship can't survive like this. 
You will tear each other to pieces. You will crack each other open. You have to have a cleaving blend process. You have to. So of course you may do this sometimes, but you never should be like this. Yeah. Who do you love helping? Like who are the people you're drawn to or, and are drawn to you? You know, I, uh, I love helping everyone because that's, I believe it's human right for folks to have yeah. a peace of mind, mental health, right. And thrive and not just survive in life. And so anyone who is, who's experiencing any of those things is what I love to help. But I really, really tend to, uh, draw in, you know, just people who are really broken, who have experienced a lot of trauma and a trauma isn't something it's not one definition to trauma. Trauma isn't just someone who's experienced substance abuse at the hands of their parents or sexual abuse. Trauma for one person could not be trauma for the other. So whatever is trauma, brokenness, folks who um, haven't been able to unpack, unpack their garden and look at the rodents and the weeds and say, ooh, I didn't know that exists. That possum is ugly over here in the corner. And we're going, it's okay. We just have to get rid of it. You know, it's okay. We have to get rid of those thorns on those roses. And oh, it's okay if you got an ant farm over there, we we could we could get rid of that. You know, pest control. Let's do it. And hold their hand and have them look at all this stuff. And then once we rid that stuff and they're looking at their garden going, oh my God, like I was able to plant that and I was able to plant this. And I go, no, 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 no. You never planted it. It was there all along. Everything beautiful about you is already there. It's like an eclipse with a sun. It comes in and it covers up the sun, but the sun is still there when the eclipse goes away. That's what our beauty is. And our garden that has rodents and weeds, it doesn't demise who we are and our power and our beauty. It doesn't demise it, it eclipses it. And once we go in and I hold my client's hand and we clean that thing up, you have never ever seen a person or have never experienced a breakdown like that when somebody takes inventory of their life and their garden and they're going, Dr. Bryant, that's me? I'm like, that's you, that is you. And from that day forward, people don't look back. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about an empowered person. You never see an empowered person until they take a look at who they are. And they're like, oh my God. And that those are the people who I, I love, who I help. And th- that, that breakthrough is what literally, and I'm not bragging, I'm being honest, every single one of my clients have came to. And they get there fast and they're like, my other client says, you're my secret weapon. He's like, never again, never again. And to hear that, it's, it's just, it's funny. That's my paycheck because through them, I'm empowered. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm like ready to jump on them. It's like, and they're laughing at me because I'm over here, they're crying and I'm jumping up like a kid. We're in this garden together. And I'm like, look at the roses, look at the lilies, you know, and that's the experience so for me, those people, uh, that beauty is like, oof, it's just, and then the fact that they allow me, Chloe, they have chosen me and allowed me to get a peek at the ugly stuff, help them rid it, and then see the beauty with them. Mm. I, I, I don't believe next to obviously having my kiddos, my babies when I have them, and my family, I can't see something being more beautiful, more rewarding than that. that that's just, but, but I, this is my purpose, so. Yeah. For me, that's, that's the, that's the pinnacle of like life for me. I'm like, oh my God, 
you are doing what you are meant to be doing on this earth and to you know our healthiest hot community who's listening right now if you feel like you're mostly broken if you feel like your garden is unkept right now just know that every single client that dr brian has worked with has a gorgeous garden within them. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of gardening and maybe a little bit of help. So just know that you also have a gorgeous garden within you. You might not just see it right now. 100%. I, I talk about those principles in my book, Mental Detox, um, which is always on Amazon, Bars and Noble. But quick 100 page read it talks about the garden talks about the stuff that we just spoke about and it goes deeper into that so for those who are interested in maybe you know coaching is not their thing right now or they possibly just can't afford it that's just reality you know the book is I think 20 bucks read the book and just apply those principles to your life and make it a lifestyle because you deserve to live to thrive you know I mean you deserve to be in that in that I call God's peace Mm -hmm. and everyone can have it everyone all right, we'll make sure to put the, the detail down below for the book. And lastly, because you really do so much, and but you can tell listening to you and talking to you that coaching is what lights you up, but you're also so incredibly involved um, in your community. And I would love to take a moment to talk about the fact that you are the president and founder of an NAACP branch and the work that you do there. Absolutely. i uh, president of NAACP uh, down in the South Bay, and we, you know, we do work far as like, you know, giving away resources such as laptops and computers to the underserved, uh, providing free internet, providing grocery cards. I think we did $200,000 worth of grocery cards earlier wow. this year and last year as well. Um, we, you know, advocate for, um, for police reform and we fight for, you know, stopping the police brutality. We work with the LAPD and law enforcement. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to work side by a lot of the recruits that are going into the LAPD and law enforcement to work side by our chief Moore, uh, chief of LAPD, our sheriff department, uh, you know, just implementing police reform and what that looks like. Um, also have the opportunity, uh, which we're in the process of doing now, working with all of the the black uh, law enforcement organizations within law enforcement. I think that is so magical. I always say that with this racial climate that's going on, that being black and being an officer, they deal with secondary, thirdary trauma of saying, okay, I identify with being, you know, the African-American person who's undergoing the police brutality or at the hands of being murdered by an officer, but then I'm also an officer. Then I also identify with being in uniform and being in badge and having an oath, right? So now I identify with both. And so internally, you know, where's the internal struggle of saying, wait a minute, this is not right, but then I'm an officer. So in the locker room, what does that look like for me? So a lot of that work is being done to, again, protect back to people's mental health and make sure that we're doing these check-ins, these wellness checks, we're doing debriefing, not just in the community to the folks who could be at the hands of police brutality, at the hands of lack of resources, but also to the people who are community leaders, who are our police officers, who um, also deserve that type of mental health. And they are human and it's a human right for them to be protected, to be loved and to be nurtured as well. And so it's, it's, a, it's a marriage between the both that we try to do with NAACP and at the Dr. Bryant Foundation, which is 
not leaving anyone behind, not saying this is all about, you know, the outside community, but also the officers who we know are good and are helping because we do have good folks everywhere. And those good folks everywhere also need stuff. And it goes back to, we do have marginalized communities, black and brown, especially the black community, but we got folks who are outside of that who are also screaming for help, who it's a human right for them to get their resources met and uh, not count them out uh, while we're trying to help fill the gap over here. That is the challenge, but that is the work and it is being done. And again, it's magical when you are very inclusive with resources, very inclusive with community work and, and making sure that folks who need it, that are marginalized are getting it and the folks outside of it also are part of either being an ally or a part of receiving those resources. Wow, so a lot of work is being done, a lot of really important work. Um, if you're curious to learn more, the branch number is 1069 for all of our listeners. If you want to learn more about the work that Dr. Bryant is doing, we will, of course, have all the links down below. Um, but lastly, before I let you go, I mean, you are truly one of a kind. What drives you to do this work? I imagine there are days that are incredibly fulfilling and rewarding, and I imagine there are days that are very difficult, but yet you show up every single day. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, it is experiencing from a professional and my clients having breakthroughs and, and getting into from a place of brokenness to, to broken pieces to peace. And, you know, again, seeing their guard and find the beauty within themselves and becoming empowered. And I've been with clients, couples who were just a couple when we first got together as coach and client, and now they have families and they keep <laughs> broken they came to me gridlock and everyone's moving out and leaving and everyone's throwing tomatoes in each other's gardens and then here they are you know having a garden that they share planting crops together and saying Dr. Brian we only need to see you once a month to do check-ins and it's magical so that is what drives me as well as from the community activist side uh, seeing you know kids who are little me who grew up in the inner city like I did, who have abandonment issues and haven't been able to unpack that, who really mean well and deserve well, they don't know how and they're, they, 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 they deserve it. They don't have the resources, they don't have the guidance, they didn't come from that, single parent homes. Uh, and seeing uh, me and them and seeing them trying to figure out the blueprint that I had to create on my own because I'm the oldest of seven and there was no one before me, I had to like do it blindly, a lot of bumping into stuff and bruising but I did it because I'm tenacious. Seeing that really, really drives me to say, okay, we got to get these kids, these adolescents, and even some young adults to the finish line because Chloe, not only have I gone to the finish line, I have lapped that thing. And I don't say that with arrogance. I say it because I've done it and it can be done. Mm -hmm. And because God has allowed me to do it, he also gave it to me to give it to other folks to say, this is how you do it, right? This is the tennis shoes you got to put on to run on this type <laughs> of field, right? This is turf, that's not real grass. You're going to run into some insects and you might get a little bee sting, but this is how you nurture the bee sting and you got to get up and keep going, baby. And those are the things. And seeing kids get a computer and they're crying, their parents are crying. Uh. Right? That one computer doesn't just allow that kid to do homework. It allows the parents to apply for employment. You just wow. change entire trajectory of a household of a family dr if brian drive a person i don't know wow 
thank you for doing what you do every day. Thank you for allowing the Healthiest Hot audience to learn more about the incredible work. Oh, that was fun. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I am your host with clearly no filter, Chloe Wilde. And if you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out because that sucks. Feel free to rate and leave us a comment. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And my friends, remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. I'll see you next week.